0: My skin is black Uh, My skin is
1: black I feel so good to be black right now All right,
0: welcome to episode 82 of the Black in Fashion Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. And of course, I have to start every episode by acknowledging our amazing sponsors. This episode is sponsored by The Assembly Line. The Assembly Line is a full-service fashion consulting firm that focuses on cultivating and developing emerging talent by providing resources and guidance on all fronts. They provide various services, including project management, brand building, creative services, product development. And all around consulting to build new brands and elevate established fashion businesses. Their mission is to empower entrepreneurs at any stage of their business and is here to help build your brand from concept to consumer and everything in between. So today I am joined by Crystal. Hi,
1: guys. And she
0: is a designer of Kafil. I yes. said it right. <laughs> <laughs> and she also has um a is a blog, a fashion magazine. It's called Kafil. Mm-hmm. The world of Kafil. The world of Kafil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she actually did a story on me a little while ago. You yes. did like the spotlight of the month, and then she also has like her um clubhouse series. So she's a very well-rounded and versed fashion uh Thank professional, you. I would say. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna do um our little icebreaker. I like to hop into everyone by doing my little game. It's this okay. or that. All right. Skinny leg or wide leg? Wide. Side boob or under boob? Side. Wedge or mule? Mule. Okay, now I hear
1: it. Fedora (laughs) or beret? Mm, Beret.
0: Beret. I'm here for it. Oh, one more. Studs or hoops? Hoops. Okay, <laughs> I'm a I hoop like grandma I'm, I'm here for it. So, Crystal, um, uh, I like our our space to just be more of a conversation and like less of like an okay. interview. So, I just want to learn a little bit about your background, how you got started in fashion, where you're from, and uh, you know what, how you got got to where you are.
1: So, um, I started out, well, first of all, I'm from the Bronx. My parents are Jamaican, so I am a Jamaican-American, but I will say I am very much so Jamaican. (laughs) Um, I grew up in the Bronx, but I went to school in different places in Mount Vernon, and then high school in the Bronx, and then I went to FIT for college. Um, My first job out of college was, well, actually, let me backtrack, I got hired at a company to do production. And the day I was supposed to start, they did not answer the phone or my email to tell me what I was supposed to be doing. So <laughs> that job went away, <laughs> and I had to go back on the job market. And then I started working at Century 21 as a buyer, an allocator, an as assistant buyer, excuse me, an allocator. So I allocated bras and panties to all the Century 21 stores, um, and I bought Junior's lingerie. Nice. I, I worked
0: crazy. The, the, the last time I had a job, that's what I did: lingerie
1: and sleepwear. Really? And then panties and bras. The last
0: time I had a job, that's what I did. That for two years. Yeah, that Products was development. me. <laughs>
1: that was a lot. Like, every, so, there's so many bra sizes. Like, granted, I knew <laughs> there was a lot, but I don't know how many they actually were. Sound like a lot of skews. A lot of skews, and you know, wasn't too many stores, but like. Every color, every size, thinking about the demand and fulfilling all that, and then buying it. It just wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. So I moved on to a job in production um, at a company called Castle Hill Apparel. I worked there for about maybe nine months, and I got laid off. Mm -hmm. It was pretty slow, so it wasn't a shock to me, but I was like, damn, what am I going to do? And then I got another job at Macy's as a product development manager um, in the training program, and I worked there for eight years. Um, and I worked under a few brands and I, you know, really cultivated my skills and learned a lot. I worked there for eight years and then I got laid off actually last February before the pandemic hit. And it was like a blessing in disguise, Mm -hmm. um, backtracking. I've always wanted to be a designer. Obviously, um, my name, Kafil, is something that I doodled in my notebook in high school literally every single day. And I finally, I guess I was manifesting at the time and I didn't even know. Mm -hmm. But I finally brought it to fruition. Um, But it was really my sister who came to me one day when I was sketching in my bedroom. And she was kind of just like, I see you sketching. And I want to start a business. Let's do it together. And I was like, "Um, okay. If it wasn't for her, I don't think I would have even gotten to this point. Did she go
0: to design school?
1: No. She has a marketing background. I didn't go to design school either. I went to school for production management. But I took a few design classes. But I never thought that I had the design skill. Like I couldn't sketch. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to sew. I didn't know what pattern making was. And my first year in FIT was like... (laughs) (laughs) I was like, where am I? Because this is not what I signed up for. But I really enjoyed pattern making. It was very challenging, but I really enjoyed it. Um, So I finished my degree in um, production management. And then production management was just like a broad range of everything. So I did merchandising. I did design. I did pattern making. I did pretty much every little thing. But Mm -hmm. it really was like planning out your factory and your time management. And I had to literally draw a factory blueprint so, oh, oh, by hand so you did
0: the project management curriculum at FIT that was my degree, production manager. management. That's cr- my senior manager, Hadassah, that's what her degree is in. But she switched oh, really? it to that after, like, just being my mentee. And I didn't even know that FIT had that program. She had a design background, mm-hmm. and she was doing design. And then she switched it over after, like, working with me. And that's what her degree is at. She just graduated last May.
1: Oh. Month. I Honestly, yep. I didn't know what it was. I was like, I'm just going to get into this school. <laughs> I don't know what it was because I was going to go to school for physical therapy. I got a full scholarship to LIU, and I was like, this is not really what I want to do. But I d- didn't think I could be a designer. I'm like, I can't draw. I can't. What am I doing? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to get anywhere I fit in and see. I was going to do merchandising. Like, oh, I'm just going to buy cute clothes. And I realized merchandising (laughs) is being a buyer. And I did not. I was not. It's a lot of math. It's a lot of math. And it's more math than it is creative. Okay. So long story short, I did that. But my job at Macy's ended up being merchandising. Merchandising product development at Macy's is really merchandising so I did merchandising for 8 years so I can I can build an assortment I can do all that like I stuck it out cuz I was getting paid well and I had to survive and I was funding my other company like as I was saying that I started with my sister called Marie and mm-hmm. and we did that for about 5 years and I just got to a point where I had just had my daughter and I had just like you know left my relationship with her father and I was at a point in my life I was like, I just need to change and like I wanna do things my way the way I wanna do it. And, you know, it was a hard decision to make to say, like, I kinda wanna branch out on my own to my sister and you know, I felt like I was, you know, betraying her in some way, but I wasn't, and, <laughs> you know, she she had her own project she wanted to work on. She just bought a house, so she, like, you know, had things, but... Wait, are y'all twins, or y'all just sisters? We are not twins. We are four years apart. Really? Mm-hmm. People well, always think I we're think twins, try- though. Me and
0: my sister are four years apart, but I, I don't know why I thought y'all was twins. I
1: mean, I'm the younger one, but I don't understand how they think we are the same age because I clearly look younger. And
0: I feel the same. (laughs) I'm four years younger than my sister, and I get that all the time. I'm just like, but I look younger. Exactly. I don't
1: understand. (laughs) But people think we're twins all the time. And no, we do not have the same face, but I I don't know. I don't know what it is, but we have the same mannerisms. I'll say that. We talk fast, clearly. Um, (laughs) But yeah, but people always think we're twins. But no. But we had that company for about five years, mm-hmm. um, and it did well, honestly. But I wanted to just do something. I wanted to really fulfill my dream of having my own line, and I decided to go for it in 2019, and then 2020 hit, and then we all know what happens there. So,
0: question. So, you had already went to FIT, and you had got the product production management degree. So, mm-hmm. when we met, we met in the Emerging Designers Program. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about that? Incentive but you know, at the time I was working for, I was a production manager mm-hmm. and a company at the time, and they actually paid for me to go. Had I had paid for that shit myself, I'd have been very upset. That's kind of how I felt after the program. I'm just like this to me is something that you would have learned in the like if you had the production management right. or design. I didn't really feel like the immersion designers program was really. I don't know, you tell me how you feel. I didn't feel like it was really helpful. Like, was it, like, repeat information? Like, did you already know all that stuff?
1: I knew some of it, like, the financial piece of it, Mm -hmm. I didn't know in depth, but I knew, like, you know, the top level of it. So, to me, I wasn't very engaged in the program. So, if it was something that I'm like, wow, I never knew about this, I would be more engaged, but... Is that a dog? Yes. Oh,
0: no. He done lost his mind. He better shut
1: up. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I don't know. My sister, I think she found it helpful because she didn't go to design school at all. She went to um, Clark for Clark Atlanta for um, marketing. So I was kind of sitting there, and I had literally just had my daughter. So my my mind one was not (laughs) was not in that space, but it wasn't anything that I was like so foreign to me. I was just like, that's how I
0: felt. I was just (laughs) like.
1: It wasn't super I foreign. Was for I, was I was like, like
0: yeah, this oh. And then some of the stuff to me was outdated that they were teaching. Yeah. And I didn't like that. And I'm just like, they overcomplicating the, like, the production process. And it don't even have to be that complicated. So I was, it always made me wonder, though, like, that's just an accelerated program. How is the programs at FIT? Because I've seen that a lot of people come out of FIT. And well, especially in the design. I'm talking about design. I think mm-hmm. the production management program is great. And I am a witness to that because my senior manager is the bomb. The strategy, Mm -hmm. the production. Like, she knows how to do everything. But it scares me as far as the design process goes. Like, Mm. their design program, like, are y'all really teaching them to be successful in these programs? Because there's too many people that went to FIT that don't know how to do pattern making. And you went to school for design. And it's just so crazy to me that you don't know how to do pattern making and you went to FIT. Right.
1: So, I know they had a pattern making major at one time. But I don't think design was, like, was focused in on pattern making. They did more draping. But you have to put your... So they on a the pattern anyway, yeah, so yeah. I don't really know. But they have a pattern making certificate program. I know that. But at one point, I have a friend who went to FIT, um, and she got her associate's in pattern making. But they mm. did away with the program after she graduated. That like I think in like two thousand eight.
0: Gotcha. That oh, program that's went when away. I started
1: college, if I'm not mistaken. I graduated in twenty ten. So okay. we we did production management um, together. Also, she's now a technical designer. Um, but nice. I I feel like Parsons, and I don't want to. You know, I love my. You know, school, but I feel like Parsons has a better design program. I, I think so
0: too, because yeah. I, I think Parsons and maybe Pratt, and I also think um, in Atlanta, SCAD has a good mm. program. I've seen people come out of that, and I've seen people come out of Columbia College, Chicago. That's why I went, so I'm always going to pick that up. I think I had a great program
1: too. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah,
0: for sure. So, you know, just this whole transition and like, you know, coming from more of like the, you know, more of the business side of fashion mm-hmm. background into evolving into a designer and stuff like that. How do you feel like you really learned about like fabrications and color and like honestly to you know create an assortment of mm-hmm. variety and like make it successful even from Marie Antoinette all the way into like Caffeel.
1: Um, I definitely think it's been a process and I have grown throughout the years I think about my first collection I ever designed and it was not in my opinion now looking back it was not cohesive at all like it wasn't <laughs> like you know but wh- I learned about fabric through trial and error and also just working at Macy's and like hearing little things I worked in sweaters for a majority of the time so I did a lot of yarn development and stuff like that but then I moved into knits But it was all trial trial and error. So I would... I started off using a lot of silk. Okay. Because that was just like... (laughs) Yeah,
0: we know.
1: It was more accessible, but I also just liked it. I liked how it drank. I I liked how it felt. And I wanted something that was more elevated. But it was trial and error, figuring out everything. The good part for me was my job as a production associate. I worked in the sample room. Mm -hmm. So... Everything that I had to do, I kind of leaned on those those ladies there so they did it all they did all, all of my first samples I worked with their friends to do my patterns like nice. that was like I didn't know why I was in that space because I'm like I'm not learning as much it's really slow, but that was the reason I was there to kind of cultivate those relationships but mm. it was all trial and error. but I will say that even now I still struggle with like fabric development and understanding like you know, what fabrics to use on what style but I'm also not afraid to say I don't know what I'm doing like if I'm with my pattern maker and I know construction I know construction like in and out and I can tell her like that's not right but I'm like you know what this fabric I want to use it but I'm a little iffy tell me if it's going to work and I'm open to that feedback I'm not like oh no I know what I'm doing because I don't know everything (laughs) I don't, and I'm not going to lie like I do, mm-hmm. um, and some things just don't work, and I'm like, you know what, Crystal, you were doing too much, or that doesn't make sense, ask the question next time, but yeah.
0: How did you, I guess, I navigate through the garment district, because I think there's some people get a little, you know, intimidated, you to know, do the tours and stuff, like mm-hmm. get a little intimidated by it, and like, how did you go, how did you go out and like find your manufacturers, like, did you just get, rec- you know, get referrals and recommendations from other people, or did you just like hit the ground, and it was just like,
1: I'm just going to go in these buildings and figure it out? To be honest, I found, so I've been working with the, so in the beginning I worked with uh, my sample and pattern makers from my old job. So I met them all through my old colleague and just working with them in the office. And then my sister, honestly, she's probably found most of the other pattern makers. The one I work with now was my only, my sole pattern maker. Um, Mm -hmm. She found her on Craigslist. Her name is Jess Ramona and she is great. Um, I found her on Craigslist. Um, but factories also, is just like, you know, word of mouth and, okay. you know, going into fabric, store, like going there so often and just speaking to the owners and speaking to people like, Hey, I need, I need to get this done. Like, how can I get this done? Where can I get this done? And just asking the questions. And then if I'm walking by someone, I'm like, does I say factory? <laughs> right. <laughs> i and see what's going on. Uh-huh. And literally just popping up like, hi, I'm Crystal. Um, I need help with X Y Z. Can you, that's it. Mm-hmm.
0: See and, I, and honestly, that's how I learn. You know, like I learn from doing that, like just like getting out there and just like figuring it out mm-hmm. and like going. I would literally go to one building, start at thirteen, and just work my way down. Pop in, stick my head in places like what they, you know, what they doing in right. here. And I think people, I get maybe they get intimidated by it's a it, you scary. know, because. They like not sure how people are gonna receive them, but it's just like I just feel like in entrepreneurship you gotta be a risk taker. Yep. You gotta take risks, you know, you gotta jump out there. Like I don't think that it's for the faint and for I ain't gonna say the weak, but it ain't for the uh the easily timid. No. If you not timid at all. it's not for you. So I wanna kinda jump into like I guess being successful as a designer. What are some maybe some things that you learned along the way that you didn't know? And I guess how important is branding to you as we move into this segment? This segment is actually sponsored by Jaleesa Johnson, J&J Legal. Um, they help fashion designers and entrepreneurs build their brands, protect their creativity, and secure their legacy. They offer legal services and trademarks, copyrights, business formation, and contract drafting and revising. You can book a free 15-minute discovery call with them today to get your fashion empire off to the right track. Sooner than later, it's never too late, you know, visit j and So did you feel like you had to... What do you feel like you did to brand and market it, and how important is it versus design? Because I always tell new designers as they're starting out and stuff like that, like, branding is important. Marketing Mm -hmm. and understanding who your target consumer is, I think that you should understand that person before you start developing products so that Mm you make sure you're fulfilling their needs. Do you design like that, or do you, like, let fabric, you know, be your inspiration to figure things out? Like, how does your design process work?
1: My design process has changed and evolved over the years. At first, I was just designing stuff that I thought people would like. It wasn't even like oh, it's my personal taste. It was just like stuff. And now I feel like I have, you know, working in the industry and all my own stuff really really understand like I have to make sure I'm designing for the person that I am targeting. Right. And I can't just design things that I see are that are familiar or that seem like, oh, well, this is kind of cute. If I don't if I'm not loving it, and I don't feel passionate about it. I don't want to put it out. But also I do feel like when I started Kafell, I wanted to do it, you know, the right way, which there is no right or wrong way to be honest. But in my mind like I got I got it right. Mm-hmm. Um I I started with I didn't put out product right away. So I was like, let me just start and like test the waters. Let me see. I made one sweatshirt which was like the corset hoodie and I just wanted to get feedback on it. So I made that and then I like went to I did a pop up shop and I got feedback on it and people were responding to it, they liked it, but I was looking at the clientele, like who's coming up to me, who's actually responding to it. Mm-hmm. In my mind, my customer was a little bit more mature, um, around my age. So I'm thirty two, gonna be thirty three, but in that age range, but can span beyond that. So mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure it still felt like a little felt youthful but still sophisticated. That's how I dress. I We're the same age. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah
0: girl. We <laughs> out <here> exactly. <laughs> so Yelsa was thirty six. Yeah. Are we, we're exactly...
1: My is 36. Yep. We're going to be best I friends. I feel like that's how people have chosen me. Like, <laughs> like, you know, back be best in the day, it's like <laughs> four years apart <of> parking. <laughs> you need to break. I understand. But yeah, like, I feel like branding is very important because you can design amazing product, and if you mm-hmm. don't know who you're targeting, you're not going to... It won't sell. It'll just sit there. It'll just mm-hmm. be on your beautiful website, and <laughs> you're not making money on it. So I, ha- I decided to kind of... Invest in that. So, when I was developing my website, I had made my own template on Shopify, and I was doing it myself when I had my blog. So, I wrote, I started doing this blog too, and just to see like what traffic I got to the site. And I got a bunch of views every single day, and I try to post every day, but then you know that goes up and down at times to trying to figure out content. But I try to base like who's coming to see what I'm writing. And, you know, the photos I'm posting are reminiscent of my personal style and the style that I'm trying to portray in my clothing line. How can I correlate that into my actual collection? How can I kind of merge the two? Mm -hmm. Um, And looking at the analytics from ShopFee. So it was like, you know, and Instagram, my age range was... 25, no, it was 35 to 45 was a sweet spot. So I'm like, huh, interesting. But I still had a good 25 to 35 following. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm trying to think of functional pieces for that woman. Like, what is her life like? And, you know, Where do I see her? Obviously, my sales would tell more of who that true customer is. I'm still in the beginning stages of it, but I had to identify that in order to build the collection Mm -hmm. um, and making sure that I kind of service what their lifestyle was. But branding is important. I invested in that. And I always say this, scared money don't make no money. If you're not going to spend the money to invest in the things that you find important, everything you have to spend money on and pour money into. But branding is important. Yeah. I think it should be like in my opinion
0: I feel like it should you should put more money in that than you're doing into the product like, and I don't know why I feel that way, but I just felt like, cause like you can make beautiful things, but if you can't sell it, then you just wasted your money. So it's True. just like, if you can brand it and really put a little bit more of a budget into branding, mm-hmm. you can sell a fucking t-shirt. You know what I mean? That's like, a fact. like you know what I mean? That that's, just a just fact. Like, that's why I feel like branding is is more important than the product is sometimes because if you can, if you, you can like my mother said, you can say water to well if you got the good branding going on. That like, is
1: a fact. If you have amazing product and your site looks like trash or your packaging mm-hmm. isn't good or you're not really promoting it. And and the your promotions are not aligning with the your target customer. You that's just a waste of time. Like mm-hmm. and really understanding how to promote things. I have never, you know, done so much research, made so many calls, and made so many friends in my life because I'm a very like an introverted person. I don't. I'm say to myself and I'm fine. But I'm like you know what this is my dream. I have to like I have to learn, so I'm gonna learn and I have to spend money and I did and I feel like my website and my branding and everything that I'm doing is still trial and error. I'm still learning, but it's kind of weaving into this like story that I want to tell. And it's really resonated with people I want to resonate with. So I would I say that. spend,
0: spend the so money. So when and the you investment. were, I guess when you were working in the industry, were you your only like only black girl in your, lot of your positions?
1: Um, I was a lot, I was only black girl in a lot of the rooms I was in. So I ran the, this brand called JM collection for Macy's, but I ran the knit category, which is the biggest category of that brand and it made the most money. And, <laughs> I was the manager, and I had four direct reports underneath me, and every time I would, like, have a meeting or host a room, people, not say wouldn't acknowledge me, but they would just kind of be like, who? Not the what? face. Like, you know, and it wasn't like, it was hit or miss at times. It's kind of like, who, what is going on? Like, who is this <laughs> person? Or my assistants would be sitting next to them, my associates, and they would speak to them, and I'm like, can I get up? i like, you know, my name is Crystal. I'm here to run the buy the buy meeting. I have my buy recommendations. It took a lot of time for me for people to trust me, and I'm I wondered why. One, and I'm not gonna say this to toot my own horn, but I really do feel like I did an amazing job as a product development manager, and I looked the part, I spoke the part, I walked the part, I did everything that I was supposed to do, and mm. I made myself proud, and I feel like that intimidated some people like i would get dressed to go to work i like to get dressed up like that's just me like right. where you going i fa- I, Here. Did, I noticed that like from work because
0: i was a product development manager And same thing, like, I get dressed up, I have Mm -hmm. clothes on, like, you know, I'm going to be me. And the way I speak, I speak with diction in my voice, just like, how you doing? Like, I'm very, you know, direct and transparent, like that. And it can be intimidating. And somebody told me it one time, and I'm like, well, if you're intimidated by me, that's like a you problem. Right, it's not a me problem. (laughs) That's not my problem, (laughs) that's your problem. Like, not at all. Like, and also, when she said it, when she told me I was intimidated, I was just like, but we're talking about you not actually putting the correct information in the tech pack. So, what does me
1: being intimidated have to do with you doing right, your she's job?
0: To <laughs> like, <laughs> like and I'm
1: just like, make you feel bad for doing your job because she has some shortcomings and I don't like that.
0: Yeah, so, I don't. Mm, mm, mm. I'm not
1: here for that. That's not, here not for that. me.
0: Um, I checked her right in her place. Y'all. I was just like, I'm that's sure. not like a problem. That's not like a personal problem. That ain't my problem. See,
1: that was my thing. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't do that up front. And I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I always wanted to be polite. I always want to be like nice. I don't like to be mean to people. Like that's just not, I have, I have an attitude at times. Don't get me wrong. Don't, I'm not like, oh, uh and dating and like so <laughs> soft spoken, but I didn't want to be rude. But I remember one time I had this, this boss, um, and she was my senior manager at the time. And I, she asked me to send an email to overseas for something. And I thought it was dumb, to be honest. And I was like, I'm not <laughs> doing that. Like, I'm not doing that. And I was, she was like, so we were in a buy market, and they talked about the style. And she was like, well, did you reach out up to overseas about it? I said, no, because I know what they're going to tell me. She goes, well, it would be nice if you reached out so we can give um, the buyers an accurate answer in the middle of the meeting in front of everyone. And I kind of said, do you mind stepping outside, please? <laughs> and that was the first time I ever said, because normally I'm like, you know, Crystal, and I was like, "How you spoke to me was very disrespectful, and I would never speak to you that way, and don't speak to me that way again." And ever since that day, she's never like been snippy at me, or and I realized like you you gotta stand up for yourself. I don't have to be rude, but I have to stand up for myself, and I've done that ever since. And people know, don't play with me. Don't don't try me. <laughs> if I'm wrong, I'll admit it. If I'm right. not wrong, like don't make me. Don't do that.
0: Yeah, and I, and I feel like that's another thing to we so you know. I and I was read. Did you read that article that came out when it was just talking about what it's really like to be black in fashion? Um, I did it was, not. It had a whole bunch of excerpts just like from different have. people in the industry. That Honestly, that's what prompted this podcast because it was just an article that came out. I want to say I've been doing this podcast for almost three years. It came out like three years ago. And it just had all these different excerpts from different black people that work in the industry. And one of them was saying that we just so happy to be in the room mm. that we be quiet. And we're just so happy to be there because we're the only black person in some of these, you know, fashion corporate jobs that we be quiet and we don't own our voice. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, it should be the opposite. Like, we have to be the ones to speak up and have to say something like if something that's not right. Because we were talking about, and I, it made me think about, like, when the monkey got on the shirt and, like, H&M was like, how many people? I know right. H&M had got at least one black person in that, but they was, somebody had to have caught it. Somebody, but right. they probably saw it. But they didn't open up their mouth. They
1: felt like they shouldn't. That's not. They their place, shouldn't, and then like or... when it
0: comes to certain things, I think that happens. Like we get into a space where we feel like we shouldn't say something, but you have to use your voice. Mm-hmm. You have to speak up. You have to say something. You know, and it, to me, it's like my de- my grandfather used to always say, "If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything." Mm-hmm. That's so true. if that's a risk of you, you think you might lose your job just because you spoke up, which I don't feel like is a you know a good reason to let somebody go because they were be just like yo, this is In my that place, opinion. Not for you. Yeah, and if they let you go, then they let you go. Mm-hmm. Like, and then that's that. You know, but that is, it's you have to use your voice yep. at all times. And question now I'm thinking about that because we we're talking about the buy-in. Did you guys do you feel like do they does Macy's maybe in your property? Do they buy from black designers? Like is that like a thing or do they typically work with like um people that hold licenses? Like they buy from like
1: um Ph. Group like for like the Calvin Klein and different stuff no, like that. No, they buy like, from they buy from designers from designers as well. It's not a big percentage, of, but I worked on the private brands and but like private I have brands, some okay. friends in buying and I have one friend who did um, men's contemporary like streetwear and he mm-hmm. bought from different designers too. So mm-hmm. um, did you feel like
0: black designers were pretty prominent at Macy's no. at all? Not at no, all. They need to have, have there an wasn't initiative even for a that. A lot of black uh,
1: executives, <laughs> much less designers. Um, oh lord. I, it's so funny. My mentor, Sharifa Murdoch, I spoke to her the other day, and I like showed her my collection. And she was like, "Oh, I love it," and she sent it to one of her um, colleagues that's that, that's a buyer. And I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh my god, I'm just happy that you look at it." She was like, "No, don't ever say you're just happy to be here. You worked hard, and you deserve all of your, you know, your flowers while you're alive, pretty much." And Absolutely. I was like, "You know what? You're right." As I was leaving my job at Macy's, my senior VP knew me as the girl that was always going to sell her. That ain't right. That ain't it. And she's like, well, Crystal, what do you think? I know you're going to tell me what you think, but let me just ask you. I'm like, yeah, because it still make no, if it don't make sense, it don't make sense. If it makes sense, I'm like, all right, cool, fine. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you don't have a voice, then who are you? You're just Back. a seat filler. And why would you want to, not say why, but some people like to just be in a place, get paid and go home. But I'm that person. I'm passionate about what I do. And if I can't make an impact or you can't listen to me and trust what I'm saying, I have to show and prove that you can trust me, of course. But if mm-hmm. I've shown and proved multiple times, I'm just gonna sit there and be meek and be in the corner. Now I'm always gonna speak up. I don't care who's in the room. And I may be afraid to say what I'm gonna say, but I'm still gonna say it. Like, Thanks. I am still gonna, in my mind, formally, okay, how am I gonna say it? But I'm gonna say something, because that's just me. Right. <laughs> so
0: I have a segment called Is a Success
1: or Is a Disaster?
0: Okay. <laughs> so tell me about like a time in your career or in like your role to entrepreneurship that you, uh, something that went completely to hell. Like, it went to shit. And then, but you learned something from the, the task or the experience that basically made you a better designer, a better, you know, fashion professional. Like, mm-hmm. what went bad and you was just like, you know what? This is what I'm moving forward and this is the only way I'm going to do it.
1: Um, I feel like I I rushed through everything. <laughs> and uh, I feel like that showed in a lot of my previous collections. And some of my collections, not one piece so in my mind, that's a disaster. <laughs> Period. No mm-hmm. matter like, you know, and, it, and to me, it was like, you know, you get what you put into it. Right. And if I'm rushing it and I'm not like putting my all into this, then why would I expect people to s- see and believe in it? So I've learned now, and my sister may want to kick me after saying this now, after <laughs> we done stopped working together not <laughs> working by myself, <laughs> to stop being lazy. Like, I am a Leo and I can be so lazy, but I can be so like, go get it. Mm-hmm. To really plan and to be thoughtful and think things through. But if I can think of one instance that was just like a hot mess. Oh, my first first pop-up shop with my sister. Um, we had you know getting production done and we had to I had to come down here to Brooklyn to get some samples. And I got I made like this slip slip dress in this metallic cupro fabric. Okay, like cooper woven That's slip that dress. did not drape at oh. all. I'm like, Cupra. oh my god, and that was my first collection, so I'm like, oh, this gold is cute, and the fabric was so damn expensive. That was another fail on my part. Mm-hmm. And we had did like a mini mini runway show, and granted, we fitted in fabric that was not nothing close to Cooper, like nothing close to it so we like you know the girl's put it on she couldn't even get it over her hips and the back is just like standing out and i'm like this is supposed to drop that and we had to send it on the runway so i i was like i was mortified because i'm like what kind of dumb shit is this like people want to see this and be like they thought they was doing something right because that ain't it and i felt so i was like crystal why not waste so much money in that fabric and i got it at I don't want to say B&J fabrics. B&J is expensive. You don't go Off if the, you're trying to... If you want to make yeah. one cute little sample and like, you know, you're not doing production on it's like a special piece, fine. But why was I going to buy a production fabric? I don't know. But you live and you learn. But I just... That, I just how much was it a yard? I'm just curious. It probably was like $80 a yard. How much? 80 something a yard. <sighs> Baby. To do a size run, which was... Honey. So now I negotiate Woo! every single thing too. That's another thing that I've learned. To negotiate. But also... The fabric. Go back to that fabric point. Asking the question. I was too embarrassed to say I didn't know what I was doing, especially with my older sister. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I know what I'm doing. I work <laughs> in fashion. I got a degree in fashion. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and not being humble enough to say, you know what, I don't know what I'm doing, and I don't know if this is gonna work. This don't look right. But I was like, no, this is fine. This is fine. And not understanding like certain like speaking up in terms of construction. So I knew what I was saying, but I wasn't confident at that time. So I'm like, maybe you should cut this on the bottom, like something to make it. Drape. And I didn't say any of those things. Gotcha. So we waste all this and money. And the
0: seamstress and the person who couldn't didn't say nothing either. Nope. See, that's another thing, too. When you're working with people, I feel like you got to make sure you're working with people that have integrity. Because yep. some people will just do, you know, do the work and not call out with, like, why didn't you just say something? Mm-hmm. Like, you knew something was wrong and you didn't say anything. And I've seen that happen multiple times. I've seen somebody get their fabric ordered and sent directly to the factory and then their factory would see all the stains and the miscoloration on the it. they would make it anyway. So like now you have made seven dresses with stains on them and you know I can't sell it. And then one of them it was like a coated wax denim. It was one of my clients, it was a coated wax denim, but she, you know, she was in a rush and she didn't want to just let me manage her project. She kept trying to take over. So I'm like, let me check the fabric first. Let me do this. And she kept trying to push me out of it. I'm like, let me just do my job. And she went ahead and did everything with the lady. And then she pulled me in afterwards. Yeah, see that? And when happened. she pulled me in afterwards, I'm like, sis, you got seven dresses. You can't sell these. And you can't take it to the dry cleaner either. She's like, can you just take it to the dry cleaner, like it'll be fine. I'm like, I'm telling you, like, it's not. And people take it to, to the dry cleaner. To... Honey, that shit got messed up. <laughs> it's coated. Like, <laughs> it was awful. I was just like. I told you, I told you. But the fact, but the I feel like the factory should have said something. Of course, if you get fabric, and it's you know you roll it all out. You order a whole bunch of yardage, and they're rolling it out. They can see it, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, they they if my if I don't I don't work with the factory, and that's nothing. It wasn't a factory that I worked with. She mm. asked me that I mind working with factories that. Shit that I wasn't in like my rolodex, and i was just like, I mean, if you trust them, like, but I don't know anything right. about them, and the I'm like, if you have the relationship, I don't mind taking over. But I was just like, I would never work with a factory like that because like they're not even gonna say anything. So you got to be choosy about who you work with too, yep. because they knew that that shit wasn't gonna drape when you when they cut it, and they didn't tell you, and
1: that's exactly. not exactly. Cool. And that was a thing. Like they I just think we well, got a whole bunch of questions to slide money. this forward. So I'm like, um, this is not a Q and A, but I. Was, <laughs>
0: Just so I'm just like, it's not a q but I just
1: want to see. <laughs> People just want money. Mm-hmm. That's how I see it. And like now, the old Crystal, the less mature Crystal, and her 25-year-old Crystal would have, in this moment, want to do everything on her own. Now, I'm like, you know what? I, I don't have great partnerships with factories to do production. So, my pattern maker does, mm-hmm. and she charges me a small fee. I don't mind paying that fee to get it done right. Right. I do mm-hmm. not mind, because... I've tried it my way and, you know, trying to finesse and do and cut corners and and it doesn't work. And I'm not saying I can't get to that point where I can manage relationships and all that, but I'd rather focus my time and energy on one selling my product and advertising it and marketing it versus having to run to a factory when I can literally hire someone to do that whose expertise is in that. Right. And learning your like, you know, your strengths and cultivating those things and, you know, outsourcing the things that you're not as good at is Kind of the way you should yeah. go. And I think <laughs> you you know, know
0: I the think? I think trial and error, And for me, I feel like I wouldn't have, um, I would have not wasted so much money if I didn't think I knew it all. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I know a lot now, but like when I first started out, I wasted so much money just doing and thinking that I knew it all and that I had it all figured mm-hmm. out, opposed to seeking advice or just working under someone. Because we, I hopped out of college and was just like, I'm about to be an entrepreneur. like the running, and I yeah. did, and I did work for other companies, but to me, I think I tried to hop into entrepreneurship too fast. And like I was young, and then exactly. even even when I got here, I opened up a studio in Williamsburg when I first got here. And it, when I think back on it in Williamsburg, and when mm. I think back on it, I'd be cracking up because it's like, how the hell you open a studio? And you ain't got no damn clients. You just moved here. But so you're like, ambitious though. You, like, at the know. time, at the time it made like perfect Like I'm moving to New York, I'm opening up a studio. Why? First of all, you got an apartment, and you're not used to paying this rent as it is. So this is right. You are gonna go buy it? You are gonna go get a studio? Take your refund check money, put it all into mm. the studio. You don't have no goddamn clients, sis. You don't even have a collection yet. Like you don't have anything. anything, and you decide to take the little bit of money that you got and to go buy a whole bunch of furniture from IKEA and <laughs> pattern sale. making tables and sewing machines and all this stuff. Now what? There you don't. It's not like you have a collection that you're working on. It's not like you have a clientele. Like why?
1: Girl, because I thought I knew it all. So you, <laughs> right. And you want to rush and do everything. It's about mm-hmm. pacing. And I'm learning that because my end goal is... Obviously, I, I said I wanted to have two clothing lines. One for, you know, Cafil and then Avery Kensington would be the my little girl's line. But mm-hmm. I want to have a studio as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to pace myself because I right. like to... I want it now, Right, but, but I didn't have nothing. No, I can't. I can't do that. I can't, one, I can't afford it, and two, it's just not a smart business move. Mm-hmm. But you have to learn. You have to yeah. go through those experiences to really learn and what's I, a smart business move or not.
0: Yeah, I definitely learned. I had to learn the hallway. My mother called those "bought lessons." Like you pay for that shit. Like if you mm-hmm. that's the, you paid for that lesson because it was just so stupid. Um, and I could have just worked for someone, but you know what? It was right. it was so hard coming here trying to find a job in the industry. I had a design degree, and then all of my 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 experience was in retail management. But I got up in retail management so fast that I didn't feel like I had nowhere else to go. Like I right. was managing stores before I even left Chicago, and I was twenty four. So when I came here, and I'm trying to get into like these fashion companies, they were trying to give me entry level money, and I'm and just like, like mm-hmm. I've been a store manager for the mm-hmm. last three years. Like I already That's made I was making part. sixty thousand dollars coming out of Chicago. I expect to make even more here. Right. And everything I was getting offered was like thirty a year or forty a year, and I'm just like. I couldn't even survive off of that in Chicago and New York is like two times the amount. That's how much so, I made I don't know, but you. my dumb ass was just like, well, if I start my own
1: business, I'm just gonna automatically make the money. Like it just was so. Because we're so naive and there's a blessing and a curse in being naive, like because you don't have any fear. You're like, you know, I'm just gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, okay, no. Cause remember the last time you was like so impulsive, but then you have to balance that because you can't just be like, no, 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 no. You gotta like give mm, and take.
0: But absolutely. That is yeah. hilarious. <laughs> so, um, My last segment is called It's a Muse. Um, Just tell us about, like, something that inspires you and motivates you. It's probably Avery. (laughs) But something that inspires and motivates you that you want to share with, like, another designer that maybe could be a book or a mantra or an affirmation or anything that, you know, really just kind of keeps you going.
1: Honestly, my daughter definitely inspires me, but also the feeling of feeling myself. I don't want to feel like I failed myself, like I sold myself short and I didn't give my all to something that I really wanted to do. So that is really what makes me keep going. But if I can share something that inspires me, I'm not your typical designer where like I like, I look at abstract things and I'm so inspired. Like I, I'm not that girl and I wish I was that girl, but I'm not. I look at what people wear. That mm-hmm. inspires me. Like clothes and how you style yourself. I'm like, oh, that's how I think of a, a design. Um, but there's this one book that I have now that I like. It's called the um. Is it the Black Vanguard? I believe.
0: Black Vanguard.
1: I believe it's that,
0: okay.
1: and it's like a book of all black fashion photography. Mm-hmm. And if you read the articles and you see like like you know just. Understanding how young black creators are so dope, I think that is like one thing that really, really inspires me because I feel like a lot of times, especially growing up, I didn't feel like black people can be in this space. Mm-hmm. You know, like we weren't luxurious if we were in this space. It's either we're like streetwear or like, you know, and not say that said that streetwear can be luxurious, but I I never really saw a representation of us in a luxury space with the Gucci's and Louis Vuitton. I've never seen that. And then when I got this book, I got it like, in the middle of the pandemic, but it really, really like just made me believe even more that take up all the spaces. Like don't I hear that. Don't don't hold this of, corner. Take up a minute. the space. That's the name
0: of the. Um, That's
1: the name of my segment on my blog. It's called Take Up Space. space.
0: Yep. I'm like, ain't that the
1: name? Of and this? I interview people <laughs> and women who take up space, who right. say, you know what, I'm gonna go after what I want. I'm gonna, I'm going to do it. I'm not gonna have stuff but I'm going to do it, which is why. I featured you on my blog because you are doing it and I, I see the hustle, I see the grind and it's very inspiring, but why why get a piece of it when you can have all of it? I'm not all saying right. you, when you get all of it, you can share with other people.
0: I hear that. I love that. That segment yeah. is actually brought to you by the Brownstone Experience. Experience It's a wellness, fashion, and beauty experience aside of the black women community. We are currently searching black-owned designers to add to their monthly collections. They are open to building creative partnerships with black-owned products and brands. They understand that the old retail model does not work for both parties, and they are ready to create a new and innovative approach to meet their clients. So... I feel like you should partner with the Brownstone definitely. experience. <laughs> they're amazing, and they're actually based in um in Texas. You so, featured them um on the Black and Fashion podcast. Mm-hmm, like yeah, I posted them a lot. not sponsors. Yeah, I um
1: always I read that.
0: Yeah, I was like, yeah, they're they're great. I love that. I love Faison de V. They have us um a retail space in Philly. Mm-hmm. They don't want nothing but black and um like local like designers and stuff like that. So that's why I'm, like, I'm just trying to you know connect everybody and bring everyone. together. Yes, I love
1: that. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna visit this. TA New York is also a black owned store in the city on 13th street. The first time I'm going is tomorrow. I just want to see it. Like I want to see black people doing dope stuff. And it's like all curated, you know, designers and it's all like exclusive things. So I'm, I'm excited for stuff like that. That stuff brings me joy. Like that motivates me. Like, you know what? Yes, since I see you, well, like right, we can together. do this, yeah. and that's oh, yeah. also
0: like, and I, I hope you do our next one, our black and our black and fashion pop ups. So we did one in um, October, we did one um, for Black Friday, we did one okay. in November. So we're gonna try to take it on the road too, but make sure that we do at least two oh, or three cool. in New York and stuff too. But just like and just bringing like black creators and stuff like I that, definitely, will. and doing the pop ups like we had a really good turnout the last so I hope you do it in the
1: future. Definitely, I yeah. just, will let me know. Well, I'll look it up. Obviously, I see a follow the page and I'll see it. But I'm definitely. all down to do. I'll send you a direct be... one. <laughs> so I'm in there guys My
0: last sponsor is Chase Jackson Accountant If you need help with your accounting finances um, They are an accounting advisory company That's here to help you with your small business needs From business formation, accounting services and taxes So they're actually the Accountant for LCA Pericle Consultant And I always like to make sure I mention Just when you don't think you need an accountant You actually do You, you, definitely know, like you feel do. like you have to make a certain amount of money to have one But they're there to advise you And make sure that the money that you do have That you're allocating your dollars in the right way mm-hmm because mm-hmm. I figured out all the different mistakes I made last year and all the money that I
1: wasted I was like damn
0: I should have just asked for some advice
1: true that's all I really needed was to ask for like some advice you know I incorporated my company in 2019 in December 2019 I'm like mm-hmm. I don't gotta file taxes on this
0: mm-hmm.
1: yes you do I, had to, <laughs> I literally I got a $2,000 fine I'm like Because I didn't file it until the middle of 2020 because I'm like, I I didn't do nothing. I filed it two weeks before the year was over. Why do I have to file? I
0: didn't file. You know what's crazy? I didn't file Elsie Aparico until last March. I just did that and I've been in business for like three years and I just filed it so hopefully I don't get no penalty but I just like and I was talking to a law. I was talking to Jaleesa mm-hmm. legally. You don't technically have to file that stuff until you actually start making some money, because all you got to do, like, you can file it, but then you have to keep well. putting in and putting zeros. So if you, even if you have yourself incorporated, right. you have to go in and return. keep putting in zeros. Zero. So I've done do that. that. Yeah,
1: so that's a lesson learned too. Like, yeah. keep manage your books.
0: Yeah, definitely manage your books.
1: Manage your books, and I would say get a software that will help you manage Quick that. Books. I use QuickBooks, mm-hmm. and it's super easy. But yeah, I've learned. I learned that I'm like that too. That.
0: Two thousand, right? 2000. Girl, I just got fined two thousand dollars for not having workers comp last June. Oh, supposed to have it at thirty. I just found that I was just like, wow, like I would have just got it back then. I didn't right. know, like, but just staying on top of things, I should have known. I should have known. You start, you start getting employees. It's different, you know. True. So I was like, and I ain't know nothing, and that's why i got That's the next. Level. That's why I got a two thousand dollar fine right now. But uh, just go on all your social media. How they can you know look uh, take a look at your blog and your collection. This and. Crystal's actually wearing some of her pieces. This is one of my favorites. This is her silk. It's like a shirt a a jerk, dress. a silk shirt dress. I love it. I've already sent this to my little boot. He's gonna <laughs> see me. Hopefully he can buy it for me. Um, if not, it's okay because I'm by myself because she take after pay too.
1: I do guys. <laughs> so my site is www.kafill.com K-A-P-H-I-L-L You can catch me on Instagram at, at Kafill mm-hmm. On Facebook at Official also. As well as Pinterest at Kafill My blog is called The World of Kafill and you can actually that through my website and you'll see the world look and fill in the drop down and subscribe and sign up you get 10% of your first order when you subscribe Um, and you know you join the world look and fill and you get perks and you know discounts and different promos and invited to events I am going to be doing a few events this summer a pop-up in June collaborating with two of my good friends who are also in business Mm -hmm. Um, and then a dinner um, just to celebrate us, you know, right. take up space. And I also do a take up space feature every month. Lanise was one of them, but I am starting up again. It's gonna be a virtual one versus a written article because I know sometimes you don't wanna read, you just wanna <laughs> you wanna watch. So catch me this Yay. Saturday on IG Live with the language of Yolanda. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I
0: love us. it. Thank you so much for thank joining you. me. Thanks for coming and spending time with us at the Black and Fashion Podcast. So as I always say, guys, make sure you buy black. Recycle that black dollar, keep it in your community, and stay black. Peace out.